0: Ask your doctor about Cosentix.
2: college baseball fans it's time
3: for the d1 baseball podcast with mike rooney aaron fit and kendall rogers let's win every podcast now here's the pride of the newtown edgemont little league coach Rooney. hello and welcome to the 42 minutes of heaven we call the d1 baseball podcast i am your host michael patrick rooney today's podcast brought to us by our good friends at s2 cognition s2 cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros they do assessments they talk about swing decisions how am i doing with my swing decisions I'm a softball player a baseball player figure out where you are and then create a plan to improve swing decisions that is uh the ultimate in success as a batter you got to make you got to swing at the strikes you got to take the balls we all know that um we, we've got a three-man crew today. I'm joined by the great Zebby Barrels, our, our, our uh, D1Baseball.com resident mountain man. And we've also got the great Joseph J. Healy, uh, another uh, gentleman from, from the great state of North Kakalaki. Gentlemen, good afternoon. How, how are we?
2: Good
1: tidings, Runes.
2: Good tidings. Yeah. Glad to be here, Runes. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up for our, uh, for our topic today. I think the listeners are in for a real treat. They
3: are in for a real treat If you're wondering where Kendall is, Kendall, uh, Kendall Rogers and the great Angela Rogers are uh, they are a well-deserved, a, a well-earned vacation this week. Kendall was trying to get on the podcast because uh, he's a workaholic, and Fitzy put his head – you basically put your foot down, Fitzy, and said, K.R., get out. You're not welcome here get today. Get
1: the hell out of here, Kendall. The man's in St. John's. It's September – it's not the middle of the season. We don't need you on the podcast. Get the hell out of here.
3: Get the heck out of here. So I Listen, love it. All
1: right. Oh, go ahead. Fitzy. I think I missed the good tidings. I think you actually have to have good tidings to share in order to say that. I don't I got, I got nothing. I got no good tidings.
3: Oh, it was it was well played though. That that is good tidings, just it 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 uh, rolls off the tongue. It was easy on my ears. It was well played. Uh, gentlemen, let's get to the inane banter uh, part of the, the 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 show, because today's podcast topic is potluck. We, it's not super scripted. We just we said, let's just bring a potluck. You know, it's it's just like a potluck party. Everybody brings a dish. You don't tell them, well, at least at this potluck party, you don't tell your 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 fellow guests what you're bringing. So if like me, Fitzy and, and Joe all brought ravioli, then we're having ravioli tonight. You know, like that's basically what it's going to how it's going to go down. Here's my first question. Fitzy, you're going to really struggle with this question, although I'll give you an out. If we were, in fact, to have a potluck dinner, so think about the D1 baseball, you know, shareholders meeting, much like, um, you know, Warren Buffett's big meeting, you know, Berkshire Hathaway in Omaha. We have our big time meeting in Cut and Shoot, Texas, and one of the dinners is going to be potluck. What would you bring I'll, start. I make coach Rooney makes a sneaky, great, uh, baked rigatoni. I am 25% Italian. That is one meal that I learned how to make when I was the volunteer coach at ASU because it's cheap and you can stretch it. So my, I'd be bringing a baked rigatoni. Fitzy, would you be purchasing a meal? Would you be going to Publix and buying a meal?
1: So I would bring a carrot based meal in honor of the carrots, which is why I'm wearing orange. <laughs> today. <you> no know, carrots. <laughs> thank you. You we know, carrots. Uh, hats off to the carrots. Thank you. Um, that's actually team. gonna be my topic. That's gonna be my discussion topic. I wanted to talk about the carrots. <laughs> okay, I'm out. I'm
3: <laughs> no one wants to talk about the carrots except for me.
1: Uh, you know what, runes? I would bring. Um, I would bring deviled eggs. It's a nice little appetizer. Uh, that's about the only can you thing you make the them. I
3: can cook. Or would you? Would you? Would, would, make would yeah, Virginia make them, or you'd make them?
1: I mean, she would probably do most of the work. Yeah. About the one thing we can do in our house, I can make Brussels sprouts. I'll make some good broiled Brussels sprouts. I could do that.
3: Deviled eggs, though, is a big play. Like that is an amazing like appetizer starter. Count me in on deviled eggs. Feels festive. Oh, that's big. That's a big play. Paprika on top. Is that are we are we bringing yeah. the paprika?
1: That's that's the devil, isn't it? Gotta have yeah. like, the paprika.
3: It's like the presentation. Yeah, it's it's important. I love that. Joe, what do you got? You're going to do so please tell me you're going to Exxon and getting tamales out of some dude's trunk and you're bringing those.
2: If I had access to it, I certainly would. Um, you know, that that's where you get the best stuff. You, you got a shrimp guy, you got a tamales connection. <laughs> got a tamale guy. Uh, you're going to call yourself a real up, adult. Yeah. I um I will piggyback off of Aaron. Many people are saying it's the year of the vegetable runes.
3: Oh, I mean, many yeah. people are saying this. My um, Instagram game has just, yeah, like I can't stop posting instagram stories about the carrots can't stop can't stop it yeah
2: i don't i don't blame you uh road to the championship um thank you you know we should throw runes if you win the championship we should like do something to throw you a parade we should like uh, we go to you know newtown edgemont little league and you oh. know, do some sort of parade on the field or something. Top um, of the fire trucks gotta happen. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's put a pin in that because if that happens, we're we're doing something, Runes. We're gonna celebrate you. Um, so if it's like if the if it, if we're on theme, I would actually bring a stir fry. I do a good stir fry. Ooh. Um, you know, some some beef, and you you put it in the wok, and then you you know. Uh, cook that and then you throw the vegetables in with it and you toss it and kind of move it around. And um, it's a favorite here in the house. Um, And I play around with sauces with, with the stir fry. So, you know, it's always kind of in that Asian realm, but there's various different sauces you can use. So that might be it. If I, if it's more kind of just a generic potluck um, I do a spinach artichoke dip. um, That's really, really simple, but it's like a go-to whenever I'm bringing a dish somewhere um, that's always really popular, even when it doesn't necessarily go with, you know everything that's on the on the table um so a couple different options there depending on what we're what we're doing also if it's you know that kind of potluck i'll bring the beer
3: see joe you're not you're not like this one-dimensional power reliever you're like a friday night guy like you've got yeah. multiple offerings you can read the crowd and make pitches yes. that is yep. that's well done
1: adapt I, always adapting i'm like a knuckleball i'm a one-trick pony and it's, it's just like <laughs> Really good in this. I mean, we, you know, not much going on here in the kitchen.
3: Yeah, Fitzy. Though, if you're bringing deviled eggs, you're more like Mariano Rivera than you are Phil Necro. I mean, like the not deviled cutters. eggs is the cutter. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah. who, who's going to say no to that? They're not welcome at my party if they're saying no to deviled eggs. I'll tell you that right now. I will tell you guys. I have, Whenever I think of this topic, uh, we had a. We had a. We were. You're, you're always trying to do team building stuff in college baseball, and so we. We did, we had a food fest idea one year at Arizona state to do this. So we had all the players had to bring like a potluck meal for this party. And so there was a couple, there was, there was one unintended consequences like three or four kids got food poisoning because their teammate was not good at cooking. And one of the things that we saw was some of the kids, like you talked to them about clean diet and some of the kids say, okay, so switch from heavy beer to light beer. Other kids like go, hog wild on it. And the kids that had totally cleaned out their diets were the ones that got food poisoning. We were like, your systems have gotten so soft and like everything has to be organic. This, this event though, makes me think of the great Andre Ethier, his mom, Penny Ethier, w- wonderful woman, like super eccentric though, big personality. Um, like, you you knew where she was at the game. She was awesome. And so Andre shows up to food fest with this Mexican bean dip that like, it wasn't even store-bought. You couldn't get a store to make it this nice. Like it was decorative and amazing. And like, uh, we called Andre out, Matt, on five seconds. We're like, Andre, really? Like, this is like the, the F student cheating on a test and getting 100%. Like you, you really missed badly on this. Now the dip, fantastic. Like maybe the best you've ever had. Thank you, Penny Ethier. Andre, come on, man, do better.
1: My, my best potluck story was uh, when we lived in California, our, our first Thanksgiving out there, we did a Friendsgiving uh, where Ooh. we had several other refugees from the East Coast come to our house and everyone had to bring something. And, uh, and this one guy who, is now, who was, was already a lawyer, is already um, you know, a big successful fellow, he shows up with a 99 cent can of corn and an uncooked sweet potato. That's no uh, his contribution to
2: Thanksgiving dinner. So thanks a lot.
3: I just love it. how brazen that is, though. Good for him. Uh,
1: yeah. Sure.
3: I
2: don't I don't have a potluck story, but I do have a food poisoning story building oh, off no. of, of runes. It involves a 1994 Oklahoma baseball team. I might have a uh, national title winning Oklahoma baseball team. Okay. At BA, we did a, a series during the pandemic when I was at BA a podcast series where we watched old games on YouTube and then like interviewed someone who was involved with it on the podcast. And the story got told about I think MJ Mariani was his name, who who played for that Oklahoma team was out for the championship game because they had gone like to eat Italian food as a team one night. And he brought his leftovers back and thought that it would be okay rather than actually refrigerating the leftovers to just put the leftover carton on top of the AC unit because the cold air was blowing up at it. Um, And so he ate it the next day and well, like you could probably guess how that went. And so he was, he was unavailable on account of food poisoning.
3: That is I mean that's that's you I mean I kind of respect the thinking out of the box there that is that AC unit note to self AC units are not
2: not um, cold enough
3: not cold enough oh that's interesting yeah. very good all right boys let's do the topic for today so ironically the topic is um is the great kendall j rogers is who inspired me for this potluck topic because Kendall is an artist, and I feel like the structure of our podcast sometimes I I uh, cage him, and I, I we need to let KR cook, as it were. So we had this potluck idea, which I think we will run back. But uh, so here's the concept: it's like a potluck party. You're going to take your idea; it's an idea for us to, to chat about. You're going to put your idea on the table, and you will speak last on the idea. Now, uh, Joe, you're going to go first, and I don't you as you present your idea, feel free to tee us up. But I want you to to save some of your thoughts for the end, if that makes sense.
2: Uh, Sure. So I've got it's two parts. And the first part of this, which I think will help the second part of the discussion here, is going to start with trivia time. And if you're a listener of a particular college basketball podcast, you'll know the reference I just made. And while we're here, uh, shout out to Devin Downey and to Larnell. If you know, you know. Um, Okay. So there are 26 teams in the super regional era who have been to one and only one super regional. We're going to go back and forth here. So we're going to start with one of you guys and we're going to play a little game where I'll, so I'll start with, we'll start with Aaron and then he's going to name a team that's been to one and only one super regional. And we're going to ping pong with you two until one of you can't get one. And then for the sake of the listeners, we're not going to drag this out and then I'll just kind of, we'll go from there and I'll just tell you who they were. Um, So I will filibuster for just another second to kind of let your, let things marinate one hint. I will give you not really a hint, but just kind of a a way of thinking is sometimes it's easier to think of the teams that kind of feel out of place in super regionals, like total one-offs. Right. But don't forget like seven of these teams went to Omaha. So in their one, and only super regional trip oh, okay. went to okay. Omaha. Yep. So don't don't forget those teams because I think sometimes okay. it's easier to forget those teams in this exercise. So twenty six one time only uh, super regional teams. Uh, by the way, a couple that I didn't fully do the two time list because it was it that would have taken too long. But a couple of notables there. Uh, Oral Roberts just graduated. Um, they were yeah. a one time. Now they're a two time. College of Charleston is one I think a lot of people would have forgotten. 06 in 2014. And uh, Michigan, obviously 2019. And then uh, in 2007, shout out to Allen Oaks. All right. So we're going to go to Aaron first. Aaron, please name a team that's been to one and only one Super Regional.
1: Joe, I'm going to go with San Jose State, the Spartans.
2: Yeah. 2000, San Jose State. In their opening game of Omaha, they played Another, at that time, a first-timer, Louisiana Lafayette, and first-timer in Omaha. Uh, Runes, what do you got?
3: Uh, so bef- before I give my yep. school, uh, Oregon just graduated too, correct? Uh,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. that's a call- good call. Yeah,
3: 2012 and then, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, right. so uh, give me, I love that San Jose State uh, call right there. Give me Fresno State.
2: That is correct. 2008, national title, the only one time and one time only to win a national title.
1: Fuck yeah
2: uh stony brook joe stony brook 2012 i will also give you this little hint 2012 a big year for one time and one time only super regional teams um uh, we'll we'll leave that hint there runes what do you got uh
3: i'm gonna stay on that theme
2: give me kent state kent state 2012 that is two of the three one-time super regional entrants that were involved in 2012 so there's one left out there. That's not what you have to do, Aaron, but Aaron it's your turn. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to think through 2012.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, right. Give me um give me the Cal Golden Bears, Joe.
2: Ooh. Yeah, 2011, Cal, uh in the aftermath of being cut as a program. <laughs> Shout out to Dave Esker and, and those guys. Um against Dallas Baptist, another I think two-time super regional. Yeah. 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 2021 and 2012 or 2011, pardon me.
3: Uh I'm going to say West Coast Joe uh uh UCSB 2016 only?
2: Yes, and I missed them. So there are 27 teams total. Oh, nice. <laughs> right? Aaron, do I have that right? One time UCSB?
1: Yeah, yeah. that is correct.
2: Yeah, okay. So I'm you're you're right, right runes. But we have cool, undercut coach. my ability to say that I've done uh, a full accounting of this.
3: I don't know though, man. I'm scrambling right now mentally. Holy heck.
2: So another little Joe, hint I about- will give you is is that like the 2000, 2001, one two thousand two super regionals were kind of wacky. Like there are some, and one of them is not Ohio State, which by the way is a two time ninety nine and 03. Um. Anyway, uh, Aaron, your turn. Joe, how about the Washington Huskies? That is correct. Twenty eighteen, the Washington Huskies got to Omaha. Shout out to Joe Demers,
3: Joe Waynehouse. Oh. Boy, that was a great. Mm-hmm. How about that super regional they had with Fullerton too? Uh, oh, by the unreal. way, another hint.
2: There are four total teams in 2018 that were one time and one time only. Four from 2018. How about the most that? of any single year?
3: Oh man, I am in an absolute full blown panic right now. So give me Illinois.
2: Yep, 2015, Illinois. Good one. Good answer. Good answer. One of two teams in 2015 that are one timers. Boy, this is getting hard it's
1: getting hard uh, um i'm gonna go joe joe with the uh the boston college fighting eagles gosh dang it 2016 boston
2: <laughs> that was a college one. sniped Sh- me shout out to justin dunn justin oh, dunn man. is that his first name yeah that's right yes. yeah. yeah
3: and and uh the king kid is it mike king wasn't he on that team that got <laughs> the yankees yeah <laughs> Um, give me the Stetson Hatters, Joe.
2: Yeah, Stetson Hatters, another one of the 2018s. There are two 2018 teams left.
1: Nice. Uh, also, another we had ran. one last yep.
2: year. Uh, VCU Rams VCU. of the 2015. Yep. Uh,
3: Kennesaw State,
2: Kennesaw mm. State 2014. Good one. That was one I actually had totally wiped from my memory until I did this research. That's a good poll there. Shout out to Max Pentecost.
3: Oh, no, that's a big time pull right there catcher right like offensive yeah. catcher
2: mm-hmm. went in the first
0: round big pick <clears throat> yeah. number seven
2: all
1: yeah uh, it's getting it's getting
2: this interesting is crazy. It's getting Missouri
3: up. State's been to three super regionals right isn't that awesome Yeah.
2: 3 and then a couple like, more like 17-18 or 15-17 something like that uh, how about Missouri Joe Missouri, 2006. A four-seed oh, at-large team. Great uh, right Max there. Scherzer injured most of that season, Um, so it was kind of an unfair four-seed. Uh, Joe, Indiana, Indiana State? Indiana State last year. Yep. So you guys are doing good. You have so much self-doubt, but you guys are, are really mowing this this list down. So I stare at my blank piece of paper here. You've already done better than I would have probably done, honestly.
1: How about the fighting Bearcats with a K
2: from Sam Houston? 2017 against Florida State. That is, that is correct. Uh, one of the rare teams to have success in a regional in Lubbock came through the loser's bracket to beat Texas Tech twice in the regional final. That's just nuts, given how much of a, especially back then, how much of a fortress like Lubbock was in, in the postseason. No doubt, uh, Joe. Kansas State. Kansas State, 2013. If we really got stuck, runes, I was going to give you the hint of it. Uh, you've done a podcast about this team recently. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that. So you've got. Uh, well, you guys, I'll give you a break to think. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams left. So you guys have gotten at this point. 16 of the 27 total
1: 11 left that's wild uh boy oh boy
2: there is only one no I'll tell you what there are no teams left that are in a power what what runes will often call a power four conference okay um Joe how about Indiana Indiana 2013. That was part of oh. the hint I was trying to give you. There is that uh, they're not that. they're not any teams left. I will say Indiana not the only one. Uh,
3: that, that I had written Indiana off my list because I forgot 2014 they hosted but lost. Yep,
2: and lost should have yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. yeah should have probably gone again.
3: Yep. Notre Dame is two correct. Correct. Is, they, yeah, they just
2: got off the list. Yep.
3: Man, I'm trying to go through leagues right now. How about Pepperdine?
2: Yes, Pepperdine, 2014. And oh, by the way, there are certain Sam Houston baseball fans that are uh, kicking themselves because there was a – in that 2014 Fort Worth regional, there was a controversial interference call on a double play um, by an umpire who will remain nameless because like, I don't want to just set people off again. um, That went in TCU's way, and that game was like, I think – 20 innings or something something insane it was a lot 14 17 it was extremely long um and sam houston still ended up getting to that regional final and there are some sam houston baseball folks that feel like they should have won that regional had they won that regional they would have drawn pepperdine and that really, really would have been anybody's ball game that was a good that was a good pepperdine club but you know, Shout but out aaron know. gates aaron yeah brown. there it is aaron brown yeah red
3: red-headed, redheaded superman aaron brown <laughs>
2: Yeah, so oh, that would have been a real toss-up. Probably would have been played at Sam Houston. So, it was Aaron
1: Gates? Wasn't he a guy at some point? At some I guess Isn't he a anything.
2: tight end? Wasn't he a tight end for
3: the Chargers? Antonio somewhere. Gates. Antonio Gates. <laughs>
1: um, keeping it moving, Joe. How about uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers?
2: Yeah, 2018. Oh, wow, played Fitzy. I will say there is one 2018 Super Regional entrant um left on the board one of the most dominant mid-major seasons that any team has ever had um no i okay let me
3: take take the one i think i know
2: davidson davidson 2017 yep shout out to duran olinger indeed duran olinger pharmacist just threw until his arm fell off, and got better. Like he was better after pitch ninety, you know, than oh, he yeah. was the first ninety pitches.
3: Pitch counts were holding him back all these years.
2: Yep, that's right. So we're now down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, and I will tell you there are only two left that occurred after two thousand two. Wow. Oh, you got to really. One is in one is in twenty twelve. One is in 2018. The other five are in 2002 or later, or longer ago, I should say. Actually, I lied to Troy? you. Three are more recent. I'm sorry, three. Go ahead. It's
1: t- Troy?
2: No, incorrect. Uh, All right, Runes, for, for the win, what do you got, Runes?
3: <laughs> for the win, oh my gosh. Uh, oh. Okay, I'm trying to think. This is when I was actually coaching. How would I? How am I not? I was watching these games, crying over spilt milk. I don't know if I can pull off the win here. Not Baylor. Gotta go way back, Joe. I got nothing. We're gonna we're gonna push here. It's gonna be a soccer match, Fitzy. All
2: right,
1: I go for the that is- the double. How about what about South Alabama?
2: incorrect and that actually is a good jumping off point for our next discussion um which will have to be brief if we're going to get runes this topic in here today um all right so we will call that a push for now here are the other we will to be continue with another trivia time on our maybe on our next potluck this was kind of fun so um all right so here are the ones that are that are left i'm going to go most recent to furthest back uh south florida 2021 uh texas and played texas hard in that first game second game not so much first game played them hard um, 2018 Tennessee Tech. That was the team uh, I was saying was one of the most dominant mid-major clubs we've seen in recent years. The so other good. 2012 you were missing, St. John's. Shout out to the Johnnies. I <laughs> got I, eliminated I, by eventual national champion Arizona.
3: I was there for God's sakes. Come on, Coach Rooney, be better. <laughs> Literally <laughs> okay, so witnessed
2: that. Now we've got the four oldies. Uh, 2002 Richmond, the Spiders. Oh yeah. Uh, Tim shout out Stouffer. to Tim, Tim Stoffer. Yes, exactly. Oh, gosh. Um, also in 2002, FAU, Kevin Cooney's FAU Owls oh, wow. in 2002. Right. With uh, the
1: longest winning streak in college baseball history, which may, so, or may yeah, have been like tied,
2: the, eclipsed in
1: recent yeah, years. No but,
2: yet the, yeah, right. Uh, 2001, not that far down the road from FAU, FIU in 2001.
1: Wow, I forgot about that one.
2: And then probably. To me, I mean they're a big name school, but probably the most random of all of these. Um just given their history since then in two thousand. Anybody last minute, gonna jump in last minute? Anybody? Two thousand? Lost to Texas in a super? Wasn't particularly competitive? The Penn, Penn State, State Lions, oh, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. No, that
3: one that one I've I've been therapy over. We were we were up 2-0 in that regional. Texas came back and beat us twice. We were going to play Penn State at home to go to Omaha. Joe Hindelang, their head coach at Penn State, had a heart attack that week in between regionals and super regionals. So you're going to play Penn State at home without their head coach to go to Omaha. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, How did I not so, get
2: that one? Uh, fun game, boys. First of all, well done. I think you well, both did better yeah. than, than well, I would do because I'm not, not great at this, like, you know, uh, recall kind of thing although I probably would have started with the older ones because those are the ones that I think they're just so weird that like, you know, Richmond and Penn state and, um, but anyway, um, okay. So that was fun. But my, so my, my actual topic here, and we'll breeze through this, um, is we kind of understand that East Carolina, um, Oh, trigger warning, East Carolina fans, East Carolina (laughs) is the best, uh, program to not make it to Omaha, right? <laughs> the most successful program historically to not make it to Omaha. We kind of understand that to be the case. Yeah. Sure. Um, but there's a more interesting discussion to be had about the best program never to win a regional. Yeah. And so, and it kind of depends on how large of a time span you want to talk about. So if you really want to go back and include a program success even before super regionals were a thing, you do have to talk about South Alabama. Um, You know, Steve Kittrell, for those who don't know, and a lot of it was before my time, but really had that thing rolling. And the players that they got at South Alabama, I don't even know what a current mid-major example might be. Maybe if Campbell really keeps churning out players, but um, Luis Gonzalez, John Lieber, David Fries. What was that?
1: Juan Pierre.
2: Juan Pierre, yeah. Um, PJ Walters might have been a big leaguer, but he was definitely a first-round pick. Um, you know, so they, they were just really rolling and even still, right. I mean, they still Travis Swaggerty was a big leaguer, you know, um, there are other guys I'm, I'm obviously, uh, Ethan Wilson most recently. So like, they're, they're still kind of doing this thing where they have, they have guys, uh, Will Turner this year might be one of those guys. Um, now if you narrow the time to just the super regional era, now you're maybe talking about UNC Wilmington, um, a team that you know, um, has been on the cusp, I think, most famously of the 2016 Super Regional. South Carolina, they go up to, uh, to, you know, they go 2-0 to start that regional, and then, as so often happens with mid-majors, the pitching depth just wasn't there against the Power Conference team. Um, and, you know, that's I the, think we can even... You think that's the answer? I think that's the answer, yes. Yeah. I think it's it yeah. I mean, UNC Wilmington. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And so, you know, I tend to leave lean South Alabama just because I like that older history a little more because they just were so dominant. But I think we could even do some prognosticating here, like 10 years from now, are we going to be talking Well, now? Maybe they get to Omaha in the or win a regional. And in this conversation, I think maybe we believe that to be the case. But if if Campbell keeps doing this, but can't quite like get through a regional like they could insert themselves into this conversation and obviously for their sake we hope they win a regional you know because it's not a fun thing to be defined as but anyway um if anybody else has anything else on that I just think it's a kind of an interesting interesting discussion when
3: you were talking Joe I started writing down like who are the (laughs) names like best programs to not win a regional in this era and like yeah Campbell's obvious UNCW's obvious you know I wrote Grand Canyon down You know, I I wrote down Pitt and Utah and Washington State just as, like, power four programs that haven't – because every SEC team has done this now, right?
2: Has won a regional, yes.
3: Yes, has won a regional. I'm interested in some of the Big West schools like Hawaii, Cal State Northridge, you know, does – because I just think the West Coast schools... Now, we know the, cha- the talent is shifting a little bit, but I, I still perceive West Coast schools as dangerous in regional play. I, I perceive their style of play as precarious. The problem is they keep getting stuck in West Coast regionals where everyone's used to it. You know, like back in the day, maybe they got on the road a little bit more. But anyway, yeah, that's that's a good one, Joe. I, well done.
1: Ahead of those, like, you know, Northridge, have they? It was the last time they've even been in a regional. Like, it was... 20 years early
3: ago, 2000s
1: right, like, right? Yeah. yeah um I, I would put like a san diego ahead there and uh-huh. then even a san diego state especially usd you know having been yeah. a national seed 2007 um uh, they have not done as much in the last decade uh but yeah they would be in, in the discussion for me um i think you know in the northeast i think northeastern is kind of in that grand canyon category like a rising yeah. building momentum still recent you know history of success but Um, you know, another 10 years, like they could be in that mix too, if they don't bust through, feels like they're not going to, they might have, you know, a top 25 team this year. So I think they do.
3: Those WCC schools are interesting. Like Gonzaga and BYU. I worry that they've lost a little bit of momentum, but they do seem to acquire good players. And so, you know, can they have a quick bounce back, but man, that was good. Well done, Joe.
1: Gonzaga Gonzaga would be in that list too, for sure. Like probably maybe even ahead of USD uh or maybe even it's it's them. hard to but like
3: like, two- like they did take a step back last year pretty significantly so so was that a blip you know i saw enzo apodaca where he went to the sec somewhere right like a&m or something like that uh
2: baylor actually
3: oh baylor okay there you go interesting hey everyone we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors
0: Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.
3: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play
2: devil's advocate here.
3: Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: for the love of home you can
0: start your day off right when you find a professional on angie to get your plumbing right first connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well visit angie.com you can do this when you angie that
3: all right boys you ready for man that was a good dish that was hearty too joe that was that was Thank that you. was stir fry you did not bring artichoke dip there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. my my I got nothing, so Joe picked me up with a, a
3: hearty well uh, stroganoff. Yeah, yeah, hearty stroganoff. That's an nothing expression we don't say enough. It's very uh, heartwarming. All right, boys, here's my um, here's my here's my topic for us. How many of the next five national championships will be won by the SEC? And if your answer is not five, who picks up that slack? So my topic is. Next five national champions in college baseball, how many of them will be SEC programs? And that includes Texas and Oklahoma. And if it's not five, help me understand who who, who does that. Now, just for context, remember, from 2012 to 2016, the SEC only won one out of five national titles. And that was Vandy right in the middle at 2014. Since then, 2017 to 2023, the SEC has won five out of six. And again, pardon, East Carolina fans slide over the trigger room. Arkansas fans, cover your ears. We know that could have easily been six out of six if something different happened in 2018. So, uh, Fitzy, you want to go first on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's four out of five, Roots. And it's, you know it just kind of feels inevitable right now. They're just, it just feels like this league is so far above everybody else. And I, you know, like I was trying to think, you know, somebody out West surely will jump up again, but like who, you know I mean? Like Oregon state with their conference uncertainty now. And, you know, really, I mean, they haven't been to Omaha yet since, since Casey retired, you know, UCLA, as we've talked about, hasn't been to Omaha since 2013. Um, Stanford is the, is the class of the league right now. Maybe that's one that could, could win it. Um, it does feel like usually you've got some West coast team that, you know, gets up in there, wins one. So, I mean, maybe Stanford. Um, I still think, you know, somebody in the ACC, certainly Virginia, you know, uh, North Carolina, those kind of Wake Forest, maybe this year. I mean, they're, they're yep. got a lot coming back. Yep. Like ACC has enough quality contenders. I mean, you know, look a couple years ago, NC state might've won it all if not for the old COVID um, and Wake Forest, Gosh, I mean, how close were they to, to beating LSU? I mean, it was a scoreless game to the 11th, you know, winner goes to the finals. Like, not like there's like this huge gap between the top teams in the SEC and the top teams of the ACC. It's a, it's a bounce here, it's a bounce there. SEC gets a lot of those bounces, and part of it is because they have a lot of teams that are really good, and so they have a lot of chances, right? Like, they're, they have a lot of teams that are in position to get those bounces because it's just so damn deep. Um, and, and so advantage SEC, you know, for sure. I think they win four of the next
2: five. Somebody else will win one.
3: Yep, Joe, what say you?
2: Yeah, I'm with Aaron. I got I got four or five. Um, I think so. I agree with him generally. Like I look at the ACC. I think a lot of us do when we start to look at okay, who else? And it's not just the usual suspects. Like sure, you know, like a, a UNC or a Miami, certainly. But I also look at the teams that really seem to have redoubled their efforts, not just to be good and be competitive nationally, all that stuff. But to say like, we're not going to just let the sec gobble up all this real estate, metaphorically speaking. And that's wake forest. Aaron mentioned wake forest. Um, Clearly they've decided we're playing in this sandbox. Right. Um, And then Clemson, like getting out, getting, going out and getting Eric back when he was clearly someone who was going to take his time, finding the the best job that he could take in, in leaving Michigan. Uh, showed a level of commitment. And and then furthermore, like they just feel like they have a lot of momentum right now. I mean, they lost some guys in the portal, you know, Billy Amick, what have you, but I think that's kind of just a a feature of the fact that, you know, it's, it's a new staff and they're still getting their roster together, all that stuff. So, and they have the feel of a team. Now we don't see it as outwardly as we do with wake forest with the the pitching lab and all that stuff. But I think Clemson just has a vibe of a program that's ready to say, you know what, like, we are a blue blood in college baseball. It's been a long time. We deserve to be in this conversation. We're going to play in, in this sandbox. And then I think looking at the Big 12, I think you can throw TCU in there. They they have a little bit of that feel too, where they were in the mix this offseason. They didn't get as many of them as I think they wanted, but they were really in the mix this offseason for big name transfer guys. And I think that's indicative of a team that's willing to kind of you know roll out the red carpet for really talented players and be a place where the cream of the crop and the transfer portal can see TCU as, as a viable option. So those are three programs that kind of stand out to me because I think it's sure anything can happen in the post season, but I think if you're going to compete with this version of the sec, you need to make a conscious decision that we are, you know, we are going to do the things necessary to make sure we compete year in and year out with that conference.
3: Yep. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, I I think about this topic a lot. So it was fun to share it with you guys. I'm going to give you an answer that I'm going to contradict my own answer. I'm going to say five. I think it's going to be five out of five. A part of it is, you know, I'm a little bit of a scorn lover here. I keep picking against the SEC every year thinking it can't last forever and it keeps lasting forever. So I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm going to, I'm going to keep picking the SEC and I'll tell you why. They, you know, they, they, they get the best players, they get the best transfers, they get the best high school players. They get the best coaches. I mean, Jay Johnson's a West coast guy who's now the head coach at LSU. Um, you know, the, the league has got such such a tractor beam for talent. And I, I think the other thing that was, that's really jarring to me, every time we go to Omaha and, you know, I'm, I'm always nervous there, you know, like it's such a big event. It's got such a big feel to it. And the sec players and coaches look so unaffected by it they look so stinking comfortable in that environment it's almost like jarring like i I can't even believe they they don't even they don't even look even the slightest bit flustered and what you said fitzy you know the the law of numbers is in their favor too right they've got so many good teams that could get hot and play there and those types of things and i think you know now, if I were to contradict myself, I do think conference realignment, even though I hate it for the Pac-12, I think those Western – like Arizona, Arizona State are going to thrive in the Big 12. I think the, I think UCLA and USC and Oregon and Washington going to the Big 10, I think that could revive – well, U, USC and UCLA. I could see that helping them, and I could see that helping that league. I could see that actually being a good marriage in baseball, even though logistically it's a nightmare. But – um yeah I'm picking five, but it's it's funny to think about. Go ahead, Fitz. you had a follow- up thought
1: why why do you think i'm I'm very curious why you think that would that could be a good marriage because to me, it just obviously makes zero sense and I'm just trying to figure out like what what do you see could be the advantages?
3: You're talking about the big ten specifically, right?
1: Big Ten Ten and and, and those. Yeah.
3: So I, I think I think I think money, first of all, like Joe said, the money part, you know, like that. Does that give them some NIL opportunities for baseball players, those types of things? I also think UCLA particularly is a really good program that just needs to change their mojo. And I think if they go to the Big Ten, they should dominate that conference in some ways right from the jump. And I wonder if that doesn't just give them a breath where You know, they can go on a run. I I think USC is coming. And I think also like they've got a chance to dominate there. Um, You know, I I think I perceive Washington and Oregon as as, uh, surging programs anyway. And I think those West Coast programs are going to up the ante for the Midwest programs in the Big Ten, where they've got all the resources in the world. Now they've got to just continue to find ways to secure better players. It's kind of a far-fetched theory, if I'm being honest with myself. But I, I just feel like UCLA needs something different. Um, I mean, again, in 2019, UCLA could have won the national title. They were the number one team in the country. That wasn't that long ago. I I, I don't like the change. I don't like what the new Big Ten is going to be. But I could see a scenario where it's positive.
2: I will say quickly. Um, I agree a little bit with Runes. Now I should I should say also, and I think Runes is in the same boat. We also understand the possibility that's very real that it just doesn't go great. Right. Like, I don't think we're ignoring that, but I do think there is something. Yeah. I do think there is something to it. Look at Nebraska when they left the big 12 on paper, not a good move for baseball, but I think it got them at a level and kind of allowed them to reset in a way that they weren't going to be able to do in the big 12. Now hiring Darren erstad, I think helped, you know, I think there was something to that, but I do think they were in a position such that they came into the big 10 as contenders and that helped them build some momentum that I don't know if they would have been allowed to do in the big 12, especially the 2013 version of the big 12 where TCU is coming online and Texas obviously is Texas and here comes Texas tech. Right. And K-State was great at that point. Right. I mean, there's just, I don't know that Nebraska was ever going to be able to get on its feet in that big 12. Um, so but I they, do think they, UCLA, they, I think, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I'm <clears> I Nebraska. Mean, I mean, they, they haven't, really sniffed the success that they had when they were in the Big 12. In fact, it was a different
2: landscape then. But, I mean, like, yep. you know, I don't know. 100%. 100%. No, I totally agree. But they're better now than they were at the tail end of their big time in the Big 12, I guess is the point I mean, They've come closer to that. And I think it was yeah. crucial in getting their program back on its feet a little bit and feeling dangerous in a way that they didn't necessarily feel the tail end of their run in the Big 12. Yep, Fair enough.
3: It's going to be interesting. This was fun, boys. Very cool exercise. Hey, Fitzy, instead of you presenting a topic, because we're going to be time crunched here, am I right in that we your first fall report, which is the first fall report of the season, is eminent?
1: It is, yes. Uh, I, I just did my my northeast swing. Uh, I think northeastern is going to lead it off uh, probably Go tomorrow. Huskies. Um, or, or Thursday, but yeah, that's coming. We've got UConn, the other Huskies, we got BC. Those are all uh, on the way, um, and I will throw out. Well, I've got a very quick discussion topic just around this. Is I didn't really get a chance. This this uh, this will be quick. Who is the next first-time winner of the College World Series, and,
2: and and and
1: when? We'll throw that in there too. Joe,
2: you can start us off. I think it's I think it's Wake Forest. I think it's in the next five years. Like I just think there's. Look, I'll put it this. I'll put a real fine point on this they got Chase Burns out of the transfer portal. You know, I mean, we're talking about somebody anybody would have. Now, there were some teams, obviously, that probably would have been like, ah, maybe not a cultural fit because he's a fiery guy. He is who he is. But, like, very rare. And, and shout out to the ACC Etc. podcast, Danny Graves and and, and Darren Vaughn. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, They made this point of, like, there's a lot of – other conferences players going to the sec even power conference players we don't see the other direction very much ever especially for players who are that now we see role players do that but we don't see stars go that direction and so to me that that is yes just one data point but i think it's significant to show what they're kind of doing there so i'll go wake next five years
3: so first time ever in the history of the school right fitzy
2: yeah. Oh, wait. Um, so wake doesn't count, right? They won the fifty-five championship. Oh um, yeah. wow. Right. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Statute that, of think, limitations. That's, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's the spirit of the of the of the no. question. There so much than yeah. the technicality no of the question. No f- offense, nineteen
3: fifty-five Deeks, but yeah, you, yeah, your yeah, you're, uh, uh time in this conversation. If anybody on expired. that team
2: knows how to doubt down- is still alive and knows how to download a podcast, they were probably mad. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. So sorry, sorry, uh,
1: Deeks. If you saw the interview in Omaha in the stands with one of the members of that team, uh we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's yeah, it's it's like uh, my man Lou Holtz right now.
1: Fitzy, has East yeah.
3: Carolina ever won at all? Speaking of retriggering, they've never won one, right? Well, no, clearly, well, they no, because they've never been to Omaha, period, right?
1: Bad guy ruins. What are you doing to these
2: poor people? I know. You're yeah, kidding. I'm just going to trigger them again. Yeah, he I dug just... them out of the grave. That's then, right. Like, <laughs> it's just going to beat them down again.
3: Yeah, that's right. East Carolina is my Coastal Carolina theory that they've been so good for so long and can't get to Omaha that when they finally pop in Omaha, they'll go. They'll be there and they'll be very good, and they will have no pressure. You know, like it's it's like it was so hard for them to get there that they will they will just thrive like Coastal did when they get there you know who knows we we, we know that getting winning the whole thing is hard so fitzy are you traveling an
1: again this weekend uh, can i get my answer oh yeah jeez, go for it sorry
2: lead. jeez. no you uh, may not
1: come on, the arkansas razorbacks obviously uh oh, it's, gosh, a great, it's a great that's call the answer. it's a great call that's the most
2: obvious that's, answer i feel like yeah most obvious answer. yeah oh that's
3: sorry. yeah um
1: that could be in the next three years yeah, for sure. And, and same with Wake. I mean, you know, I feel like those would be two of the top contenders heading into the season. So, yep. yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've seen, because it's interesting, we've seen, you know, recent first-time champions uh, at abundance, right? Ole Miss, Mississippi State, um, you had Coastal. I mean, we've had uh, even, in, even Florida, you know, when uh, when they won it in 17. I mean, we've had a bunch of these first-time champions, kind of a lot of them are SEC. Uh, it's just kind of going around now. So I think Arkansas is next.
3: Yeah, I think you're right very good boys let's uh let's cap it there. We got a little hard stop coming up here. This was fun i, I We will do the potluck podcast again this this was good felt like kind of pull up a bar stool and let's get after it. This was very good um, for everyone listening, if you're on YouTube watching us, please hit subscribe that's very helpful um, we We got a lot of podcasts coming at you. We got this kind of our core podcast. Steven shock is going twice a week. I'm, I'm a uh, part of those once a week. Uh, we've got the ACC baseball, et cetera, that Joe mentioned, Darren Vaught, Danny Graves. Those guys are amazing. Uh, Joe and, and F Mark Etheridge doing the highway to Hoover podcast. I'm going to give a, a, a self-indulgent plug. My podcast with Corey Muscara from wake forest the other day was one of my all-time favorites. It was our Sunday night conversation, man. He is fascinating. You know, one of the most talented assistant coaches we have in college baseball. He is for sure a future head coach in college baseball. So, you know, he, he is really an incredible blend of old school fire and brimstone and new school, like super sciency. He I, I don't recall ever meeting a, a blend like 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 Moose's. So that was really fun. Um Hopefully, Kendall and Angela, if they're listening to this, are doing great in St. John's. Enjoy uh, a really well-deserved break, a well-earned break. Um, if you have not subscribed, get an annual subscription to the website D1Baseball.com or SEC Extra. Type in Fall 20 uh, right there. You could also type in the carrots are 3-0 and, and rolling. That does nothing for you except for it's just putting good vibes into the universe. Look at the carrots getting a lot of, a lot of uh, pub on this podcast. Gentlemen, it was, it was a pleasure. Everyone have a great week, and we will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.
0: Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentyx treats both. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.
3: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me
2: play devil's advocate
3: here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.